following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. It is Friday, November 15, 2019, and I know that because I am looking at the screen that I updated this morning. Yes, that's right. I got the dates right today. So, folks, welcome to the Friday edition of Full Press Coverage Radio Live. I am Ian Glendon, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Mike DeBate, Mr. Rhode Island himself. Mike, how are we doing today? Doing very well, my friend. Uh, You know, starting to uh, feel a little bit better physically and, uh, you know, things are uh, progressing in the right direction. And it actually is going to be about 50 degrees here in Rhode Island today. So, you know, so yeah, Mr. Rhode Island, definitely, uh, you know, uh, feeling the, uh, the, the, uh, the love for the weather today. Not so much tomorrow. Back down to a high of 33. So welcome to New England, folks. That's what it's like living up here. Those of you that do know it and you know it sucks. Those of you like my friend down there in the beautiful sunny capital of the world in florida know that uh this is a great time of year to be down there so i envy you brother but you know what i'm happy for you well if it makes you feel any better yesterday it was about 50 degrees and raining all day so um you know it was it's not always sunny in florida you know it's always sunny in philadelphia but absolutely and it not this sunday not this sunday i was just gonna say not this (laughs) sunday no 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 although you know, that ruins Lane Johnson's fun, and you hate to see that. No one wants to see it. Lane just it. wants to have fun. He just wants to have fun. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> I, you know, it, it, it's – I'd say we could start there, but, uh, of course, we had a football game, football match last yes, night. Yes, we absolutely did. <laughs> yes, uh, it was – you know, the game was interesting, uh, you know, <laughs> somewhat. Uh, the the, 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 the actions uh, towards the end of the game were obviously the uh, big talking point. And we're going to jump into that yeah. because I, I have a pretty um, a strong opinion on that. And I, I thought it was it was very bad for all the parties involved, but especially, uh, obviously, Miles Garrett. And, and again, we're, we're going to get to that in a minute. Um, it, you know what? Yeah, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to we'll just jump into it now because <laughs> I was going to say we could talk, talk about the game, but. I, you know what? Look, the game was. I, I had a little bit higher hopes that it was going to be a little bit more entertaining. I, I, I think it was impressive to a point uh, that the, that the Browns were able to go in and do something they haven't done in I think five years, and that's beat Pittsburgh and beat them. You know, with their backs against the wall. Um, obviously, the Browns are teetering on. I mean, again, we, we will elaborate more on that towards the end of this discussion, but. The Browns are teetering a little bit more on uh, another lost season. So this was a huge must win where I think the Steelers are playing with a little bit of house money here because, you know, again, no one expected them to be five at four, five and four coming into this game. So them losing, yeah, they needed to win, but uh, I don't think it was as shocking or as uh, do or die for them. So uh, look, again, the Browns did what they had to do. They, they had to win this game and, 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 you know, give them credit. They did do that, but, um, it still gives me no, uh, faith in this team. I mean, I really, they're going to have to do a lot for me to change my mind because we're not just talking about, you know, a nine 
a bad nine week period. Um, we're, we're talking about uh, the entire franchise history of this team failing <laughs> to to ex- to reach those expectations, and uh, so far this uh, Browns team still looks like a team that's going to fall quite a bit short of those lofty expectations that they had coming into the season. So uh, what were your thoughts just on the game at first? And we'll, again, we'll get into the incident that happened towards the end of it. Well, you know, I think you, I agree with you and I think you hit some great points. Uh, This was a big win for the Browns. I mean, they, they came into this game knowing that they could not leave the stadium last night without a victory and Mm -hmm. credit them. They got it. Uh, Baker Mayfield made some throws when he needed to. They made some defensive plays when they needed to. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers did not have a good game and the Browns capitalized on it. And I think that in so many ways that would have been the storyline this morning is the Browns somewhat saved their season. uh, Maybe not put themselves in a position to be able to be in the hunt for the playoffs, but at least salvage some sort of respectability and maybe even Freddie Kitchen's job and buy him a little more time or maybe even another year in Cleveland to see what he can do. If he was able to turn around what really looked like a complete implosion in Cleveland and have them win more games than they've lost in the second half of the season, then you have to start wondering and say, well, maybe Freddie Kitchens is not as bad as we all thought he was. Maybe he deserves one more shot to see what happened. But last night, eight seconds left in the game. Just It's it's mind-boggling to me that a professional like Miles Garrett, and I understand he's a young player, he's an emotional player, but you're a professional, and there is no excuse for something like that. You do not take your helmet off and wave it around and try to club the guy in the head, and that's exactly what he did to uh, to Mason Rudolph. Uh, so it looked like something out of the WWE. I mean, it really it really was was that type of, of brawl. And I mean, I, I don't understand. I don't see how there's any suspension that's coming from Miles Garrett that doesn't include him being on the shelf for the rest of the season. I just don't see him getting anything less than that. And in my opinion, he shouldn't get anything less than that. No, I I mean, again, you you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, the the talk of suspension begins and ends, or begins with gone for the rest of this year. What happens afterwards, I don't know, but... You know, people are <clears throat> sitting there saying like, oh, you know, things happen in, in the pile. You know, people, you know, people get physical. They've sh- shown uh, clips of other people fighting. But um, this crossed such an egregious, uh, egregious line that, I mean, there, there's no doubt in my mind that he has to be gone for an extended period of time. Because not only did he rip the helmet off, which is which is bad enough. And but at the very least, it's it's it's. <sighs> let's see it's understandable if not you know if not condoned <laughs> you know taking a little line from Shawshank Redemption you know okay ripping the helmet off it's a it's a bad act but you know what it happens um however using that helmet to swing and swipe and hit uh, another player in the head um that it, to me it just my first instinct, my first thought was Marty McSorley. And for those of you who don't know that name, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of you out there that don't because not only he's a hockey player, but this incident occurred um, almost 20 years ago now. But uh, he took his stick and deliberately swung and hit another player in the face with it, and he was done. He was never to be seen again on NHL surface. Um, it was not something that you'd expect anyone to do. Uh, he... he he was certainly emotional and he reacted the way he did. I'm talking about Marty McSorley, but it doesn't justify what he did because you're, you're taking it beyond 
a uh, within the sporting world realm. Like there's certain liberties you're afforded within professional sports in particular that you're not in the real world. I mean, if if you go up and hit someone in the face with your fist in football, you get ejected and you get fined. In the real world, you get charged for assault. So, I mean, there, there's certainly a, a, a difference between the two. Um, there shouldn't this leeway uh, between this. I mean, this this just crosses the line. This is completely out of the world of sports. I mean, you, you just you can't do that. You can't do that, especially when I mean, thank God Mason Rudolph is is all right because that could have gone so much worse because of obviously yeah. the helmet being swung by a very powerful person <laughs> and hitting uh, Mason Rudolph in the head. This could have been, this could have been absolutely awful. So look, I, he's got to be done for at least a year and, or at least the rest of this season. And then maybe then some, because um, again, this, this, the NFL has to act on this. Yeah, without question. Uh, and, uh, you know, and you make an interesting point about this going beyond this season. And I think you I think you definitely make a valid point about this possibly having to go beyond this season in order to send a message. Uh, I mean, you saw, you know, so many players come out last night, even Baker Mayfield called that inexcusable. And, and Odell Beckham Jr. saying that there's no place of that in the NFL. Cameron Hayward of the of uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers was really heated about it last I, night. You I can actually, definitely um, understand why. Actually, yeah, that's actually a good segue. So I have baker right here actually why it started um but it's inexcusable uh, it, you know I, I don't care rivalry or not uh, we can't do that that's uh, that's kind of the history uh, of you know what's been going on here lately hurting yourself and that, that's just endangering the other team that's uh, inexcusable he knows that um i hope he does now it's just it, it's tough uh, um, we'll, we'll see mason yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah absolutely. Great. Yeah. No, that was that was a great uh, uh, that was that was a great um, soundbite to play this morning, and you could hear it. You could just hear the disgust in his voice, and something that I picked up on that in a little bit. And again, uh, the most important thing is the health of everybody and the safety of everybody involved. And we are glad that Mason Rudolph ended up being okay, but that also was a blow to the Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. logistically as well. This is a team right now that is starting to put wins together. They look like they were starting to maybe claw out of that doldrum that they were in earlier on in this season and playing positively and maybe even stringing some wins together. Who knows what could happen in a wide open AFC right now where none of these teams that are kind of in the hunt are really establishing themselves as having a stranglehold on those wild cards. You never know what could happen. And Cleveland's got talent on both sides of the ball to maybe be able to make something happen without their most prolific defender now for the rest of the year can almost kiss those goodbye and that is definitely a source of frustration i'm sure for baker as well beyond what we saw on the field and just the, the barbarism that that ensued during that brawl no and 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 that that's a that's a great point i mean look this is uh, a team again we we opened the show talking about how they are desperate to win because you know again they they have to win they if they want to have any hopes of the playoffs they have to win these games and again credit to them they did do that however um this just doesn't have a, a, a you lose miles garrett that changes a lot on your defense um you still have talent obviously on offense but you made a great point it's just you 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 really limit yourself um defensively and you put yourself in a bind because now you're now you're basically stuck because you can't you can't replace his production on the field and um that's just something that you can't oh, that's just something that you can't 
overnight fix. So um, he's put his team in a bad spot. Uh, big picture, this just still continues to speak about how undisciplined this team is, and that's a Freddie Kitchens issue. Um, yeah, absolutely. The Browns winning yesterday might have been the worst thing that happened to him because, it, it, like you said, it kind of maybe bought Freddie Kitchens a little bit more time. However, however, it just doesn't – to me, it, do, it, it just doesn't uh, – it's not the right thing. I, I mean, I think the Browns should move on from Freddie Kitchens. I think if they had lost this game, I think it makes it a whole lot easier to do so. Um, however, you know, maybe this maybe this incident helps uh, push this because he didn't have quite the best response to the whole situation either. He kind of said, oh, well, you know, helmet to helmet incidents is happen all the time so that's that's kind of a bit of a cop-out but uh before we continue on that here's uh miles garrett talking about the incident last night let's do that final eight seconds that final play for you i really don't and i made a mistake and i lost my cool and now regret it it's, it's gonna come back to, to hurt our team you know the guys who, who jumped in the 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 little scrum I appreciate you know, my team having my back, but it just never got to that point. That's- well, I don't know if I actually uh, <clears throat> got that uh, heard across the air, so I apologize if you guys didn't hear it. I think you did, but uh, just in case you didn't, we just played Miles Garrett, um, obviously reacting, saying he made a mistake and lost his cool, which, you know, that's that that's an understatement. Let's let's put it lightly. Uh, it, yeah. Losing your cool yeah, is... Tr- yeah, is, vast understatement. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean... You can understand, you know, the frustration of, of a player and look, I mean, you know, we've all played football at, at some level, you know, I mean, you know, albeit not never at the level that Miles Garrett is playing at in the pros, but, you know, you get involved in a scrum and a pile and stuff like that. And I can imagine having played, you know, high school football and been a very good high school football player myself, but I did play and it was a situation where you hear things in a pile, you see things in a pile that are just, they are you know, different than what you see on television, folks. It's not all sunshine and rainbows in there, but there's never an excuse to do what he did. Absolutely never an excuse. And someone at a professional level needs to have more self-control than that. He mentioned that it's going to come back to hurt his team. He's very lucky this didn't come back to seriously hurt Mason Rudolph or anybody else that could have been in his pathway uh, for someone that could have taken a, a hit like that. That is just... It's just ridiculous to to even you know think about the fact that something like that happened on an NFL football field last night. Mm-hmm. And and again, this puts this puts the uh, NFL squarely in the in the focus because look, their whole thing is they're they're trying to help and fix head injuries and prevent head injuries. And this is an incident where a player swings a helmet intended to protect players' heads uh, directly at another player's head. Therefore, I mean, again, we're lucky he avoided any sort of serious injury, any sort of, uh, uh, you know, again, I mean, who, who, I don't even want to speculate as to what could have happened had that helmet really connected with the side of his head or maybe the back of his head. You know, we, we've seen worse, you know, terrible right. things happen before. So, um, again, this, this, I, I actually just, uh, if you're listening on full press radio or you're watching on sportscaster, uh, if you're watching on sportscaster, get in on the, uh, comments and, uh, give us your opinion. Let us know what you think, uh, the suspension should be, um, who should be suspended because we haven't even really, talked about the Steelers part of it yet um, we, we'll get to that in just a moment but I did put up on our Twitter account F, at FPC Radio Live uh, a poll so go check that out just kind of asking you what your opinion is we'll talk about that here in a few minutes um, once we get some votes in but um, you know to be honest 
and I'm not I'm never one to defend a pouncy because I, I I tend to don't think that they're that good at people. Um, but I really don't have an issue with how he reacted. And I, I know okay, <clears throat> double standard here. He was kicking him while he was down. Well, this is an appropriate reaction, emotional reaction. Let's just put it this way: to seeing what you saw, you saw. First of all, I mean, the whole incident was started because Miles Garrett took liberties and and put Mason Rudolph on the ground far after what the what he should have. I mean, the, the the ball was clearly out. He shouldn't have thrown him on the ground. It is what it is. He shouldn't have done that. He should have been flagged for that to begin with. So he started this. This wasn't anything else. This was him starting this situation. Um, a little bit of scuffle ensues afterwards. That's fine. That's part of the sport. That's competition, whatever. But again, when you take it to that next level, then, uh, that's when all bets are off. And the, the second he swung and connected with Mason Rudolph with that helmet, I don't care what the Steelers did. As long as they defended their quarterback or their player, um, I'm all right with that. I, I don't honestly, I don't think the pounds, even even though he kicked him while he was on the ground and threw some punches, I don't think those guys should be suspended. Fined? Sure. Suspended? No. I think they were doing what anyone would have done in that situation, and that is defend someone who was clearly um, at risk of being seriously injured. So, uh, again, I, I, I think the NFL should come down really hard on Miles Garrett. I, I think the pouncy is, and uh, I can't remember who else was in that scrum, uh, should not be uh, suspended. Fined, yes, but suspended, no. Yeah, I, I somewhat, uh, I shouldn't say somewhat, I pretty much <laughs> agree with, with everything that you said. I think there will be a suspension on the Steelers' side, and simply uh, yeah. because, and I think it will be pouncy, simply because I think that right now what the NFL wants to do is send a message that even in a situation like that, retaliation can never be condoned. I I do agree with you. I think it was in the heat of the moment. And at that point, you're trying to defend your teammate who was basically physically accosted in that mm -hmm. situation without any provocation. Uh, you know, I, I don't care what, you know, I, I don't care what Mason Rudolph said. I don't care what he did. You're a professional. You jaw at it. You get into a little bit of a skirmish. You get into a scuffle. That happens. It's a part of sports. It's a part of the game. We've seen it happen in every major sports. Bench clearing brawls happen in baseball. The bench is clear in the NBA. Football, you, you see this a lot. Hockey, hockey, you know, fighting is a part of the game. So mm -hmm. it's not something where players losing their cool and doing things like this and getting into scuffles is so egregious. It's not, I mean, you know, we're not, football is not a, a, a dull game folks, I guess yeah. is the most appropriate way for me to put it. But when you take it a step further, like miles Garrett did and just continue to escalate the situation, which could have been diffused several times. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's, let's face it. This didn't happen right away when he completed the pass and whatnot. This went back and forth a little bit and he continued, Garrett continued to escalate this. Mm -hmm. So when you look at that, it's, it's just, it's again, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. It's sad. It's probably a little disgusting to some of you as well. And you know, the NFL will come down on that. So I, I agree. I don't think there will be as heavy fines or suspensions or any type of levies on the Steelers side, but I do look and probably think that maybe a one game suspension for Pouncey is something the NFL may be considering here. But beyond that, I don't see the Steelers being penalized for much longer than that. But, uh, yeah, Garrett, I, I just I don't see any way he he puts on shoulder pads again this again this year. No, and you you can. I mean, especially especially for a, a league that you know champions player safety, and I, I say that very 
um, sarcastically because I, I, I think they've really come up short uh, on a, in a lot of areas when it comes to that. But for a league that champions uh, player safety, you can't um, allow an act like this to go unpunished. And not only unpunished, but uh, underpunished because we, we know the NFL is not good at uh, setting appropriate punishment. So um, here's one more little sound clip. Here's Mason Rudolph talking about the situation. Pretty cowardly, kind of pretty bush league, which – you know, there's plenty of tape out there to watch. I haven't seen it replay, but yes, I'm, I really haven't seen it. Either like that, yeah. I'm fine. I'm good. Good to go. Did he hit your Did he what? Um, go watch the replay. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I remember getting hit by a lot of people. So go go take a look. I, you know, there's plenty of tape out there to watch. I, I'm not going to speak for what may have happened. You know what the Clark did at all? Once again, I mean, I got sacked once again. I mean, it, it, you know, he had some words and kept kind of kept, uh, kept wanting to, kept on keeping on. And uh, one thing led to another. So, but you, you can watch the tape, go back and check it out and make your own assumptions. So. Look, he's right. I mean, watch the tape. I mean, it's clear as day what happened. Um, I've, right. <laughs> you know, I've, I've had some people and I, I, I am I surprised? Probably not, but uh, a little bit, I guess. I've had people come out and try to justify or defend Miles Garrett and say, oh, well, Mason Rudolph like kicked him and uh, in the groin was one of them. Actually, I haven't responded to this person yet, but he says uh, kicked him in the groin. And I'm like, uh, he showed me a still frame. Well, clearly it's a still frame of him falling backwards. And his le- it, this is like the whole uh, Bruins Stanley Cup final uh, non-call. It's like, oh, he, he embellished and threw his legs up in the air. It's like, no, the guy lost his balance because he got hit. His leg went up and made incidental contact with part of his thigh. It was certainly not egregious or intentional. And you're trying to tell me that justifies going over, ripping his helmet off, and then using said helmet to swing at that player. So um, the crazies are already out there. So if you, again, want to try to sit there and justify Miles Garrett's actions, um, worst case scenario, even if he did get kicked, it doesn't warrant this. Um, again, you're, you're, you're going beyond the, the fair play uh, rules and even beyond like the, the actual NFL rules. There, there's, there, there's a, you know, a within sports fair play. Look, in hockey, if you railroad someone, you better turn around and defend yourself from the, the other team because you're going to get it back. Does that mean that the other team gets a, a, a void of any penalties? No, it's still a penalty and it's still against the rules, but that's within the game's rules, the, the bigger picture rules. And this this goes so far and uh, beyond that. Uh, it just, to me, the NFL has to act. The NFL has to act quickly. And they have to, at the very least, get him out for the rest of this year. Um, and, yeah. and like you said, I mean, that, that's a, that's a huge blow to a, to a Browns team that is obviously, uh, you know, borderline not going to make the playoffs and, and headed towards another, uh, winless or, or under 500 season. So, uh, big stuff in Thursday night. So yeah, <laughs> yeah never. <a> definitely. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tell me about it. The NFL wanted publicity on Thursday night. This is definitely not the kind of publicity they wanted. And, um, again, you know, you, you continue to make good points, my friend. And I, uh, you continue to, to assist and, and set me up Thanks, for, for, uh, for points as well. Thanks, See? Mike. There we go. Yeah. I'm glad we could spend this time together, Johnny <laughs> Fontaine, but in any case, um, yeah, one of the, uh, one of the other big points is, is Garrett himself. I mean, you put him back out on the field this year, I don't care. Even though, you know, it may not be against the Steelers, there were going to be players that were not happy about what he did. You talk about players trying to take cheap shots. <laughs> if you're Miles Garrett, the next time you come on a football field, whether that be next year, whether it be midway through the season next year, I don't know how long the suspension will be. Um, 
conjecturing it'll probably be through the remainder of the regular season and then that'll be it but and i think it should be more but that's what i'm conjecturing the the uh the nfl to do the next time he steps on a football field that has to be in the back of your mind am i going to get you know and is somebody going to sacrifice themselves to cheap shot me to prove a point and to essentially get back at what I did, especially the next time he plays against Pittsburgh. Yeah. That'll be a really, really uh, very interesting game because those teams that have rivalries like that, they have long memories and they will remember this. And you have to wonder if that's something that's always going to be in the back of his mind. So yeah, just a terrible, terrible situation all the way around. And, you know, definitely it, it, it's a shame because it does take away from what was a, pretty decent game last night i'm yeah. not going to go over the top and say oh it was a great game it was a phenomenal game no there was a lot of sloppy play on both sides of the field but it lived up to the hype and we got a chance to see what the cleveland browns offense could look like if they started to click on all cylinders and now it just completely overshadowed and probably probably was the nail in the coffin for their season yeah and look this is not a team that i have any confidence in that can overcome any sort of adversity uh, you know, we, we, we talk about the Patriots a lot on the show, and that's one of the things, like I'm not saying a Patriot would ever do that, but if there's any sort of adversity or, or tough questions or any sort of incident going on, um, you have you have a lot of confidence that the, the Patriots can block out that noise, players, coaches, all that, and kind of move on and, and kind of just focus on what they're supposed to do, and that's win football games. I don't I don't think the Cleveland Browns can, can do that, um, you know, they're not a team that's going to get the same questions over and over and over again and take it lightly. We saw a couple of weeks ago, Baker Mayfield, you know, obviously show that emotion and walk off and kind of have a back and forth with the reporter because he was getting asked questions he didn't want to be asked. Excuse me. So I don't think this team is capable of handling that sort of pressure. And, um, you know, they're lucky that they came out with the win because, it would have been even worse. Uh, I mean, it's still going to get worse, and I don't. Again, I, I just don't think that they're going to overcome this. Excuse me. Now I'm starting to get the hiccups. Great, great thing for radio. <laughs> um, and and of course, these two teams play in a couple weeks too, if I'm not mistaken. So they do. Garrett, Garrett yeah. has to be has to be gone. I mean, there there's going to be some tension. Oh yeah, with, but oh yeah, there's... without any question. And you know, now you know you also have to think about that and to take it a step further. And I'm not trying to play devil's advocate here, but I guess I am in a way. Does this now open up some of Cleveland's team, some of his Cleveland teammates now, for possible mm -hmm. retaliation? I mean, we see this in sports all the time. And look. I firmly believe the cooler heads will prevail. Yeah. I don't think the Steelers players are going to hold the other guys on the Browns responsible. I think the the only head they want to see roll right now is Miles Garrett because of what he did. Mm -hmm. But you have to think that maybe there's you know some some element there that may want to uh, that, that may want to take a cheap shot. And uh, again, uh, that would be that would be a disgusting thing to do on behalf of the Steelers. But you you never you can never tell. I mean, things like this set emotions in motion that really have no business anywhere on a, on a sports field or a football field, especially. So. You know, just, yeah, a, a bad situation, but no, under no circumstances can Miles Garrett be on that field when the Cleveland Browns play the Pittsburgh Steelers again. Just no way that can happen. Yeah, and, and, and look, I, I, I do believe that, like you, that cooler heads will prevail. and there, There's not going to be any sort of uh, over-the-top retaliation. Do I think it's going to be physical and chippy? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, look, it's Browns-Steelers. It's a divisional game. that They're usually chippy. I just think, you know, maybe it'll be a little extra. Uh, but certainly not a case where 
you know, someone's going to go out and deliberately try to hurt someone. I, I Again, I, I think these guys respect themselves and respect the game enough. And, and, and that's one of the reasons why I think this incident, it, it goes above and beyond. And, and look, how often do you hear uh, you, your, your quarterback or, or, the, or the players involved in that incident's quarterback come out and publicly, you know, it, it, you know, criticize that play. And, and look, th- this may not be some like a uh, great leadership move by Baker Mayfield. We still don't know kind of how he handles media. I mean, this could be <laughs> ultimately a mistake on his part and he's just talking, you know, he, he you know what I'm saying? Like he, 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 it seems like he does have his finger on the pulse and kind of, he, he understands the emotions and the, the, the situation at large, but I don't want to give him too much credit because I haven't seen enough of that through the media. So maybe he got a little lucky in this situation, but he did say the right thing. And you can kind of see where I think, uh, even, even the Browns players, um, understand that like, look, this, this, this really crossed the line and we're not going to sit here and try to, um, defend his actions i mean they're, they're still gonna you know obviously have him as a teammate if he you know returns next year but um yeah this is it's just a, it's just a bad situation and again i think the bigger picture here when it comes to football and, and team building i think this speaks about just the just the undisciplined nature of the of just how this team is run and that that begins and ends with uh freddie kitchens yeah, definitely. And that's really, I think, what the heart of the matter is here, is I talked about them possibly buying Freddie Kitchen some time. And if this this win comes together and they started to string wins together, then maybe he wasn't necessarily the wrong choice that everybody thought he was. I think something like this last night absolutely cements it. There's a lack of accountability on that team. There's a lack of discipline. And that starts at the top. And that starts with the head coach. I'm not blaming Freddie Kitchens for what happened last night and saying that he was responsible for Miles Garrett's actions. Miles Garrett's a human being. He's an adult. He's definitely capable of making his own decisions. But at the same time, there has to be a level of accountability. I do not believe that you would see a, a player from, we mentioned the Patriots. I'll mention the Patriots. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of other teams in the league that are well coached, the Kansas City Chiefs under Andy Reid, and some of these guys that have that command, that respect at the top of the helm to not disrespect the uniform that you put on. That's what this is all about, and that's exactly what happened. So, you know, I, I think that that's you know something to to consider, and you know, well, again, we'll we'll see what uh, what happens there. But uh, ultimately, you know, I think uh, I think the Browns need to move on from Kitchens. I just don't see him being the answer, and something like this only cements that point even further. Yeah, and um, it, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, at this point, I thought they should have got rid of him last week, and this is only further. Further proof that he's just not working out. And look, I mean, at the end of the day, he could turn out to be a pretty fine coach. He just he's he's not ready for the situation. This is a bad situation for him. So I'm not going to sit here and say he's, you know, he'll never be an NFL coach. I mean, that's you know that's not true. He's a smart guy. I mean, he he's just got to find what he does right. And again, I just think this was a bad situation for him to begin with. So. They should probably just, again, move on and, and realize that the season is, is lost, especially now without Garrett. And, and I, I didn't really – I didn't learn or gain much confidence from the Browns last night. I mean, it was I, – I was impressed. Like I said at the start of the show, I was impressed. But at the end of the day, I, it doesn't make me think like, oh, okay, I think they figured it out because to me they haven't. I, I have to see what happens at the end of the season before I believe in this Browns team. So it is Friday. It is Friday, and when we've uh, <laughs> we we spent an astonishing thirty five minutes on this topic. So um, we we were joking before we got in the air that you know, hey, we're, we're not going to have much to talk about. Well, we we have plenty to talk about because uh, Friday means we're going to preview 
preview the rest of week 11. Um, should be fun. I'm excited because uh, absolutely. You know, as, as a Patriots fan, bye week suck. I hate them. <laughs> it's just like a long march towards just like, I mean, it reminds me of Super Bowl week, you know, just because the two week break and all that stuff. You know? Right. It's something we've come so accustomed to over the years. It's just an annual tradition. It's every every first weekend in February. It's, hey, it's Super Bowl weekend. And uh, who are the Patriots playing? And who are the Patriots going to play this year? Um, we do know <laughs> we do know, know who they played uh, in Super Bowl 52, and that was the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's who they happen to play this week. So we get a nice little Super Bowl rematch. I think both teams are looking to, uh, obviously, the Patriots want to rebound after their first loss of the, the season to the Ravens, and the, uh, the Eagles are still playing um, I don't want to say desperation football. It's certainly not as desperate as they were several weeks ago, but um, they're still trying to figure out uh, who they are and, tr- and try to figure out an identity because, um, you know, they're playing without Sean Jackson. Uh, 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 Sean Jeffries banged up. Um, this defense obviously is not what it was a couple of years ago. Their secondary was, is, is pretty abysmal. So um, it's going to be a fun game to watch. We'll start there because I mean, there, there's there's several pretty key games coming up this weekend that I'm excited for, and that's uh, that's numero uno. So um, I think the Patriots going to be ready, and and by all indications, it seems. Again, I'm making assumptions, and we all know what happens when you assume. You, you make an asshole out yourself. Remember that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm I'm excited for that game, and I I think the Patriots are going to bounce back pretty nicely. But I was assuming that. Uh, uh, Nikhil Harry is going to be making his debut, which I think a lot of Patriots fans will be happy about. Well, all signs seem to indicate that he will be out there. Uh, he's not listed on any injury reports this week. Obviously, he's back from all, IR. All signs point to yes. It would be my magic, <laughs> my magic eight ball, Mike. Yes, the magic eight ball. That's right. Yes. So I'm going to wear the jacket like Putty, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in any way, uh, all signs do point to him being out there this week. Uh, he looks like he's practicing. The information coming out of Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick seems to be positive. Uh, looks like they like what they see from the kids. So... I'm anticipating him being out there. Now, that being said, he'll probably be a healthy scratch. No, just kidding, folks. I'm kidding. No, but seriously, I really do think that we will see him. And he'll he's going to add a dimension to that Patriots offense. I think Pats fans need to pump the brakes just a little bit in terms of how much you're going to see of him and what you're going to see from him. Uh, you may not see the prolific touchdown catch that you're expecting. It's possible because this kid has the ability to do it, but they're going to ease him into the lineup and they're going to put him in position that's going to allow him to succeed long term. And I think that's the biggest key here for the Pats. Right now, if you're a Patriots fan, the thing that you're watching is the Patriots defense ability to control that RPO run pass option offense that the Philadelphia Eagles love to employ. They have a great setup for it, one of the best in the league, maybe even a little bit better than the than the Baltimore Ravens are set up. I'm not saying personnel-wise, Baltimore has the better players, but the Eagles have a great setup. They have a tremendous offensive line. They have two great tight ends in Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. They have a good three-man rushing attack led by um, Jordan Howard, who actually is a little banged up right now. He's been listed on the injury report last couple of days with shoulder injuries, so keep a sharp eye on that if you're an Eagles fan. Uh, and how effective he might be. But ultimately, in this game, I do see the Patriots being able to control that RPO offense. Bill Belichick's had two weeks to prepare. That's usually a recipe for disaster for you know their opponent. I, I do. I like the Patriots in this one, uh, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I, and, and again, 
after the first loss, you want to see how this team rebounds and, and reacts to that. And, you know, again, I think we all have confidence in them, um, despite some people <laughs> throwing and may, you know, saying they're the seventh best team, seventh best team in the league. Um, I, I won't name names because I, I give him far too much publicity as it is for being dumb. But um, <laughs> certain people out there uh, obviously are buying into the fact that the Patriots, quote unquote, haven't played anyone and uh, are not a good team, despite all the evidence to the contrary. So I do think the Patriots rebound pretty soundly. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be a closer game by score than it actually is. I think this will be more of a you know, the Patriots don't necessarily put them away, but they kind of control the game from start to finish. And uh, that's, uh, I'll be, I'll be perfectly happy with that. I'll just be happy to see them on the football field. Um, another game I'll be happy to watch. And, uh, you know, I, I know this is getting all the hype, the, you know, this is the big hype game this week because, you know, well, why not? You know, it's, it's two of the most exciting young quarterbacks in the league and Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, uh, potentially two, uh, players fighting for the MVP award towards the end of the season currently now as well. So you got the Texans traveling to the Ravens. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see how, you know, how this Ravens team continues to play because, you know, yeah, you know, it's impressive. Obviously they beat the Patriots and, and look, I, I want to throw this out here real quick. It's, it's funny how many people sit here and, and, and talk about how the Patriots aren't as good because of the schedule they play. But the moment any team beats the Patriots, they're vaulted above everyone else because they beat the almighty Patriots. So what is it? Are the Patriots good or are they not? Because if they're not really good and the Ravens beat them, how is that impressive? You know what I mean? So I, I think about these things sometimes, generally when I'm in my office. So Absolutely. Uh, and you asked the question and you essentially answered it uh, just yourself. It's the Patriots involved in a discussion and anything that involves the Patriots in a discussion and maybe knocking them down a peg or trying to poke holes is something that the public is going to clamor for. They're going to want it. Mm -hmm. So, and naturally you put something out there, Oh, the Patriots aren't that good. 31 other NFL fan bases, all their fan bases are going, yes, this is what I want. I want to know. I want the Patriots not to be good. Please don't let them be good anymore. Let me read this garbage and, you know, get on a, a, a platform where I can say that they're no longer good and we don't have to look at Bill Belichick's face in February any longer. But, you know, ultimately virtue lies in the middle, folks. I'm not saying they're shoo-ins for a championship. That's not what I'm saying at all. But Get used to it. They're going to be hanging around. They're still good. They're going to be in the playoffs, and they're probably going to have a deep run into the playoffs. So whether or not that means a Super Bowl berth could be, I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, something that, that just I would say get used to it. Well, I, I, I say this to say that, look, I was impressed by the Ravens. I mean, no doubt. I mean, they, they came in and handled uh, business against the Patriots, you know, at home on a short, you know, on a two weeks rest against a team. Oh, yeah. Break. You know, I'm not yep. making excuses. I'm just, you know, Oh, no, they won, the Ravens won that game. There yep. is no question about it. I'm not going to sit here and uh, and say that they didn't do enough to win or whatever, or the Patriots completely beat themselves. No, credit all to the Baltimore Ravens in that game. They beat them on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. No, and, and that's what I'm saying. Look, the Ravens are impressive, and I want to see what they do against another really good AFC contender. Do I think the Ravens are overall better than the Patriots? No, I don't. And you'll sit here and be like, how can you do that? Well, look. Um, we're not basing this just off one week. Yes, the Ravens beat the Patriots. Good. The Patriots played 12 minutes of terrible football to start the game, and you know ultimately it did them in. Uh, rematch? Are you going to sit here and say, oh, all of a sudden the Ravens are the heavy favorite? No. No, you wouldn't. I mean, especially if it's at in Gillette. So 
to me, the Patriots are still the best team right. in the AFC. I think the Ravens uh, are are making a very strong case. I mean, at the very least, or at, you know, to me, they're the second best team in the league because they are beating some of these other good teams. But they've also lost to the Browns, and they've they've had a couple duds throughout the season that people seem to forget about. So, um, unless we're solely judging on that, the most recent week and the most recent week alone, then the Patriots are what the worst team in the league. Then, right? If we're going off one, you know, one one week, um, so. I like what the Ravens are doing. I'm very excited to see this game because, again, I think it's two of the best young quarterbacks in the league. I'm, uh, I, I, I really enjoy watching them play, and I do think it's going to be an entertaining game. I, 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 I feel like I feel like the Ravens are going to win this game because they're at home. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Like I, I think if this was in Houston, I would pick the the, the Texans. Uh, but I, I, some, I, I just feel like I, I can't pick against the Ravens at home, especially they're, they're kind of on a nice run here. So I think that's going to last a little bit. And I think, you know, obviously playing the Texans at home are going to help. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like the Ravens in this one too. I do like the Baltimore ability to be able to employ those RPOs yep. that we saw against the Patriots. And we saw, you know, obviously against the Bengals, but I mean, that was really kind of a throwaway game for the Ravens. You expected them to come in and do exactly what they did. Uh, but I like their ability to be able to run the ball on this defense, especially minus JJ Watt, who was so integral in that Houston defense to be able to put pressure and to be able to open things up where they can get the linebackers into coverage and really stack the box and stuff the run. Now it's going to be a little bit more difficult for Houston to do that. And I think, uh, you know, John Harbaugh and, you know, credit Greg Roman, who's I think doing an amazing job as their offensive coordinator in Baltimore this year. He's dialing up some plays that are really catching teams off guard. It's not easy to do what the Baltimore Ravens did to the Patriots defense. You got to you got to give them some credit on that. And I, and I give them all the credit in the world. So, yeah, I like the Ravens in this one. I think because of the fact that Deshaun Watson is such a dynamic talent and because of the fact that he does always find a way to keep his team in the game. I think this is going to be a close one, but ultimately I do like Baltimore at home as well. Yeah, again, I mean, if J.J. Watt was in the mix, you know, I'd say, okay, maybe they'd have a better chance at, at kind of slowing this down. But, yeah, I, look, it's going to be a close game in my opinion, or at least I hope so. It's 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 in the 1 o'clock hour, so I'm hoping for, for a very exciting afternoon game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, I think the Ravens are rolling right now. I think they're going to win this game and, and continue the build on the hype. Now, again, that doesn't, again, that, that doesn't tell me that they're going to be this, uh, you know, knock down, drag out tough team at the end of the year. I mean, there's, there's still a lot, you know, a lot to go and, you know, maybe they come back to earth a little bit because at the end of the day, I still think the Patriots are a better team um, and I'll, I'll fight anyone <laughs> over that. So go ahead, hit me up on Twitter. It's at I G L E N 31. I'm ready to go. I've had a lot of coffee today. So um, moving on there again, we have the Ravens, Texans, big game, Patriots, Eagles, big game, uh, I would say Indianapolis, Jacksonville is kind of a big game too. Um, more so for Indianapolis, uh, I, you know they're they're obviously reeling a bit without Jacoby Brissett. I don't know if we've had any update whether or not he's playing or not. So if if, if you know that information, please let me know. I would love to hear it. Um, but look, it, this is a big game for an in Indianapolis. If they have any any hopes of of staying in this uh, wild card race, they have to win this this game uh, they're sitting at five and four right now the jags are four and five they're getting nick Foles back um you know the jags are going to be inspired and they probably look at it and say look we're we're 
we're within reach for a playoff spot. So you you know you're not going to get a Jacksonville team that's going to roll over and likely would play a little bit inspired as their starting quarterback return. So Indy's got a got a tough matchup at home. Yeah, Indy does have a tough matchup at home. Don't forget, this is Nick Foles' comeback party as well. So, you know, I mean, you're you're looking at a Jacksonville team that had some expectations this year and does have some talent coming into play, an Indianapolis team that's been up and down lately. They're getting Jacoby Brissett back. It looks like he will be um, under center on on Sunday, and that's great news for the Indianapolis Colts because we saw Brian Hoyer, you know, try to take snaps. And I know we've we've talked about Hoyer and we've talked about what he's you know been able to do in terms of scout team acumen and being a good backup. But I think you saw why he remains a backup in this league and not a starter. He can give you starting minutes. He can spot start for you, but he's not a sustained talent to be yeah. able to do that in this league. So Brissett coming back adds another dimension. I think the Indianapolis Colts are going to try to ride their running game this week, and I look for that, um, especially with uh, with Brissett. Maybe they look for him to extend plays with his legs, try to get a little bit mobile, and see if he can do some of the things that we know he's capable of doing. Uh, this is going to be a tough one for both teams because I think that both teams right now are playing for their – don't forget, these two teams are ste- technically still in the hunt yep. for a playoff spot. So – I give the slight edge to Indy because I just love the way their defense is is situated, and I think they're better equipped to handle a Nick Foles run team than maybe even a Gardner Minshew team. I think Minshew may have shown them some looks that could have confused Indy a little bit. I like the way their defense matches up with Jacksonville's offense, so I give the slight edge to Indy in this one, but that's going to be a good game. That could be a sleeper one to watch this week, folks. Yeah, again, like you said, there's a lot of stakes on the line. I I don't think the... uh... You know, I don't think the division is, it's obviously not, you know, the door isn't closed on it yet, but, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, Houston's probably going to win that division. So you're fighting for a wild card and, and the Steelers losing, that's, that's a good thing for, for those two teams because the Steelers were making some noise and if they move to six and four, you know, all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, well, they, they kind of control their own destiny when it comes to, to reaching the playoffs. And then right. you have to, and then you have to throw in the fact that Buffalo, right now i believe occupies that spot and you have oakland who's you know playing uh, a relatively soft schedule starting with the bengals this week the rest of the year so uh, the raiders i think again, we we talked about it yesterday and, and over the last few days i mean they've they've continued to impress and and um without question yeah, they're well, very well positioned yeah. Yeah. And, and and look i mean if they do what they're supposed to do you know, you'd be looking at a Raiders team in the playoffs, which, you know, which I don't know how many people would have picked it heading into the year, especially how things started last year and how things have gone, you know, to start, you know, the, the preseason this year with all the all the drama and all that stuff. So um, hats off to them. And, and, you know, at what point do you start throwing, uh, you know, John Gruden's hat into the coach of the year talk? I think he's already there. I mean, I don't necessarily think he's at the top of the list, but I think he has to be in the discussion. I mean, you can't go through what this team has gone through for the last year and a half, end up in a position where you're fighting for a playoff spot, despite the fact that most people thought that you'd be cellar dwelling and basically, you know, fighting for that number one, two, three, four pick and, and that being the worst to being in the position that you're in without saying enough about what the head coaching and the coaching staff is doing in Oakland, especially with the turmoil of them moving too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's not forget that that does have an impact on teams. I know they say, Oh, well it's, it's, you know, that's superfluous. The teams don't focus on that on the field. It does have an impact. Mm-hmm. I think you saw that in the, in, um, uh, you know, 
when uh, the Los Angeles Chargers moved from San Diego to Los Angeles, it had an impact when you take a look at what it did to that team. And they knew, you know, that things were going to be different and they were playing in a different environment. Yeah, see, that's that's what I was waiting for. I was I was buying time for that. I was it, waiting it, it, for it and I couldn't wait to hear it. It, it was slow trying to trying to uh, play it. So I, I, it, it should have played a couple seconds ago, but it kind of froze. But that's um, ah, all right. Don't worry about it. So it's, it's all good. <laughs> see that's it I, I honestly i have a theory that our listeners would probably just rather listen to that for an hour probably I, you know i would i would i love that song i love that song Are you kidding me yeah i do too it is it is one of the greatest type songs in the world so you know you gotta love it i i, I get so into it i i'll play i'll play it to close out the show again today I got ah, it. see thank I, you i, I appreciate know. that and our listeners thank you as well my friend yeah and and, and guess what uh i also have this so, uh, if, so if you decide to swear, and we were using this, we, 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 we uh, Chris and I did this for the uh, Big Bad Bruins podcast the other day that we recorded because we were we were kind of concerned that our emotions were going to get the best of us. So I was ready and uh, ready to uh, zap it out with a little gong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, takes you back to the youth, my friend. The days where the the days where the dead man would sit up after walking the ropes. Got to yeah. love it. Oh, I love it. And and and. and, and and what can I do but but just play that over again, Mike? Mike, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do, Mike? What can I do? <laughs> you can act like a man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, that's great stuff. Now, where were we? <laughs> we're ta- we're ta- <laughs> we think- were somewhere with you. Still yeah, on the air. Yeah, I mean- <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I haven't pressed anything. There we go. Let's refocus. There All right. we go. That's it. We're, ta- we're oh, talking man. about the Chargers. Kind of in yeah, relation to the Yeah, this went just completely off the rails. Yes. <laughs> try to be serious talking about the chargers raiders and all then all of a sudden we end up you know talking about the san diego superchargers song then we're into the undertaker and then i'm doing godfather impressions <laughs> that's just a typical day here on fbc radio live folks. now i got a question for you though mike do i uh scare you do i scare you mike <laughs> i don't know you're a pretty dangerous man there george costanza oh, that's that's uh that's, that's my middle name just like Baker Mayfield. Hey, look, see, that's that's how we bring all this back to the middle, and that's how we we re refocus everything. So, oh, oh, Michael, Michael, Michael. No. Huh? Oh, okay, yeah, we're back. Yeah, we had one of those. Uh, like, I am Rhode here. Island. I am back. Yep. Yes, <laughs> we had one of those Rhode Island internet uh, issues. So uh, they're still working on, you know, you know, they're a little state, so they have little little internet power so it's okay we we deal with these issues we know how to deal with them we, i understand we we got it figured out so <laughs> back to the topic because we we've we've quickly run out of time we've gotten to we got about five minutes left in the show um your gut tells you uh raiders probably gonna win this game i mean it's the Bengals, so <laughs> yeah i yeah you know, i would so. say so i i really yeah, I, I don't see a situation where the Bengals are going to come out on top on this. I think I like the way the Raiders are playing, and I, I love their uh, their energy, and uh, I think this starts a good stretch for them. You know, and, and this is another game I'm, I'm going to be really interested in is the uh, the Saints. Now they're like, okay, they're playing the Bucks, but we know the Bucks. They're they're so they're they're capable of playing an incredible game, and they're com- they're also com- capable of playing a ter- uh, horribly awful game all within the same sixty minutes. So. Who knows what we're going to get out of the Bucs? So we're going to get this high-potent, high-scoring offense. Then you know what? 
the Saints might be in trouble after coming off that bad loss. And uh, if they drop another one, that's when I think, you know, again, you're going you're gonna to start hearing some things. Just You just say it. You might hear a couple of rumblings, uh, especially when you're 0-2 and now looking at lo- like a wild card contending team. So I think that's going to be a pretty big game. I, I It's hard for me to pick against the Saints. I'm not going to overreact to one loss, but I my confidence level in for them in this game is a is a little little low so uh how do you how do you see real quickly how do you see this uh game playing out could be a trap game I, i'm glad that you said that this could definitely be a trap game for them because india because again india i'm sorry tampa bay is definitely capable of stringing together some good plays and they can make a game out of this i still have enough belief in the coaching staff at uh, in uh, New Orleans, Sean Payton will have his team ready on both sides of the ball. I think they come out on top, but this could be a lot closer than people think. If they do struggle in this, even if New Orleans wins this and they struggle, could get interesting. Some of the chatter may start to get interesting around New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, uh, the the final game that really jumps off the map, and we'll, we'll focus a little bit more on this on Monday, is uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers. Yeah! <laughs> So naturally, it gives us a chance to once again play that little sound clip. Um, look, the Chargers are at home. The Chiefs are reeling right now. Uh, I, you know, I honestly, I might have to wait and save my prediction for Monday and kind of see how how things play out over the weekend. But um, you know, the the Chiefs could be finding themselves in a lot of trouble. And look, I brought up the Raiders in terms of of fighting for a wild card. If the Chiefs lose this game and the Raiders beat the Bengals. Wild card is it's in the back burner. You're talking about a division title for the Raiders. So there's there's a lot at stake for the Chiefs at this game. So I'm really going to be interested to see how this plays out. Yeah, there really is. And don't forget, this Chargers team is not a pushover, folks. Their defense is well-equipped to handle a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, especially a banged-up Patrick Mahomes. And I know he had a tremendous game last week, and their, their loss really was not put on his shoulders. But keep in mind that when you have two formidable pass rushers, the way the Chargers employ that defense, plus an improved secondary that's starting to show some life again, could be an interesting one uh, in Mexico City on Monday that's night. Right. That should be an interesting one. That's right. So uh, it, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully we get another great primetime game because I feel like, you know, most of the time this season so far, we've gotten some pretty good primetime games, especially on Monday night. So hopefully we're going to yeah. get another one of those this week. So I just um, want to hear the song again. That's I think that's what, that's what everybody <laughs> wants. If, if they win on Tuesday morning, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll play. I'll play. I'll play it regardless. Trust me. I mean, it, it's going to become such a such a part of um, our our daily routine. It, it, you know, you may get sick of it, and actually, you know what? You probably won't. But uh, look, I have a feeling we're going to be. Talking if they're listening to us right now, I don't think they get sick of anything. No. I think if we have loyal listeners, these are people that will listen out. to anything right now. They would have tuned out <laughs> exactly. forty five minutes ago if that was the case. Yeah, so, <laughs> very uh, very true. No, look. At the end of the day, I think. Uh, I think the Chargers, they're going to... Uh... Gonna dazzle you with That's right. That's right. They're going to dazzle right. out there. No, okay. Maybe not. But uh, this is... Uh, <laughs> maybe the, the yeah. 2006 Chargers might dazzle. This this team kind of grinds and, and, and grinds wins out. But we'll see. It'll be an interesting game. But we will obviously talk about that more on Monday. We will obviously review all of what happened on Sunday, and then hopefully by Monday we will have a more conclusive idea of what's going to happen with Miles Garrett. And, of course, I mean, look, 
Colin Kaepernick uh, workout is on Saturday, and uh, you know we know which teams are going to be there, so we're going to talk about that. And you know, hey, who knows? Maybe we get a little bit of uh, Antonio Brown news coming up. So we'll see. But until then, until then, we're going to have to say goodbye. So, with that said, Mike. With that said, I would like to say thank you for another great week of this show. I, I mean, it's, it's, I it's, would... it's been great. There really has been, and I, I thank you again for another great week, my friend. Hopefully next week we'll be able to get the Sportscaster split screen going, yeah. and uh, when Ian plays that song, you can watch us nod our heads and dance like buffoons. That oh, could yeah, be very right. well worth it, yeah. And right on cue, here it is. So, folks, thank you very much once again for joining us for another great episode of FPC Radio Live. Follow me on Twitter. It's at IGLEN31. He is at M. D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. We will be back Monday at 8 a.m. Till then, have a great weekend, folks.